You're listening to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast, powered by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce and regional leaders like Enterprise Bank, helping people and businesses create success. The business world is more competitive than ever, and running a business has never been more challenging. The North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce is here to help with trusted resources, a strong business network, and a support system to keep your business and North Central Massachusetts moving forward. We invite you to join the nationally recognized North Central Massachusetts Chamber today. Call 978-353-7600 or visit northcentralmass.com. Hello and welcome to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon, Cat Deal, as we are on the trail instead of on the road this morning, getting ready for a nice walk. We just left the Doyle Field parking area as we make our way on the Twin City Rail Trail towards the Fitchburg stretch. I'll be crossing Route 2 in a little bit. And uh, Kat, who are we joined with today? Well, today we're joined with Larry Casasa. Larry is on the Twin City Rail Trail Committee from the beginning, one of the absolute originators and best proponent of this. And some of you might hear the pickleball courts in the background here at Doyle Field. But Larry, thanks so much for walking the trail with us this morning. Uh, it's my pleasure to do that. And uh, it's great that we have a nice uh, sunny summer day. We haven't had that many of them lately. Absolutely. And when our listeners hear this, we don't know what weather they'll be experiencing. But today we're really lucky to have a beautiful sunny day here on the trail. So Larry, you've been with the trail really from the beginning when this whole idea was first coming to fruition. How many years has this been in the works? Uh, well, actually, uh, the, the initial effort began around 2003, 2004. At the time, I was working for the city of Fitchburg in the community development department, and I was sort of the designee to follow up with uh, the uh, CSX Railroad Company about the possibility of purchasing this trail and turning it into, you know, a hiking, biking trail for people to enjoy. Yes. Uh, that process took many years to bring to fruition, and I won't bore you with the with the details, but it was a difficult, protracted negotiation process, and there were wild, wildly different opinions between the railroad company and the cities between what the land was actually worth. Sure. Um, but we eventually worked that out, uh, mostly to the city's favor, I, I have to say. <laughs> and um, then we were fortunate because this area was viewed as an area that really needed this sort of recreational trail, and the fact that the trail itself connects to the intermodal transportation facility, the train station in Fitchburg, it also can serve as a transportation corridor so that people can get to the trains and the trains now all have the capacity to take bicycles as well. Oh. So people who want to go take the train to Boston can literally ride to the train on the trail. Yeah, that's amazing and what a great way to connect the cities and connect people to more transit. And we just walked over one of the bridges, the first bridge. We should take a second to talk about that. Yeah, I really will. think we should. This is an amazing bridge and it's one of the you know marvels of construction. Larry, tell us about the first bridge you hit from Doyle Field. Well, this bridge uh, at one point was a raised railroad bed. When we started negotiating with CSX, there was no bridge needed here. It was literally a mound to support the railroad tracks like you typically see. Um, the problem was that there was a large culvert to accept stormwater that went, ran underneath it. And when all of the area around here became developed, including the parking lot areas adjacent, all of that water during storm events was being supercharged into the stream below it 
and the culvert could no longer handle it. So it caused a collapse. And over the years, slowly but surely, it was wiping away, literally eroding the entire bed to the point where we had a huge gaping 20 foot drop that we had to have a bridge put in sure. in order to be able to bridge it. Wow. wow. That's an amazing amount of work to make a bridge. So how much work is left to do be done on phase two now? Okay, phase two is, I believe at the 75% uh, design phase or so it's called, it, it's really all of the details have pretty much been worked out. There has been a public meeting about it. Um, I don't know if you recall that, that was about a month or so ago. So it looks like it's simply a question now of finalizing the 100% plan, they call it. And that means making sure that all of the easements and the pieces of land that we have to build on, especially for the train station, uh -huh. um, because there's going to be a large bridge that goes over the railroad tracks and the Nashua River in order to connect to the train station in Fitchburg. Oh. So that, invo that involves a couple of small takings of property to put the supports in. And it's going to be a spectacular bridge. It's going to be one of the longest bridges of its type. Oh, wow. And it has to get up pretty high. The, the reason for that, of course, is to make it handicapped accessible, the slope has to be no more than 5%. The grade has to be no more than 5%. And when you have to get to a height that will enable a double-decker train yeah. to get underneath it, that means you have to have a very long, long. windy trail. Yeah in order to be able to reach that height. Yeah. So it's gonna be really cool for people who wanna ride the bike, their bikes to the train station when it gets done. What accessibility you're providing that the, the trail is providing. Yeah, we're, we're really happy that the state um, has been so supportive in using federal and state transportation funding because they recognize that one of the principal purposes was to make the connections to intermodal stations, to make the transportation connections you know, looking ahead to the future, that's really an important thing to be able to do. And you know, it's interesting, we left Oil Field approximately 10 minutes ago, and now we're at the Water Tower Plaza already. And we've already walked behind several of the businesses. So access is a key to this trail. It is, it is. And actually, the, some, some of the workers who walk along the, the whole Route 12 strip, because it's, it's a very big commercial strip, yeah. um, actually take their bikes and, and get to work that way now. And are you finding there's a lot of workers that are using it or is this primarily for recreation or is it kind of a, a mix at this point? Well, in all honesty, we haven't done a study of it. So we hear anecdotally, we hear stories from people who tell us, hey, you know, this is how I get to work or this is this is what I what I use the trail for. Um, and it's really been positive feedback. People have really been expressed their appreciation. And some, of course, have said, well, this is long overdue. You know, we really needed this. But still, I think um, you know, when you look at the pandemic and people wanting to get outside, I think people are realizing what gems we have in the area. And this couldn't have come at a better time. And for you and the rest of the Rail Trail Association, what's it like to now have that feedback, to hear these stories from people, to hear them talk about using it daily or on the weekends for recreation or to get to work? Uh, I'm taking, making a stretch here to say that I'm speaking for everyone who's on our association uh, steering committee, but I think that that the feedback they get from people is really what inspires them to want to do the hard work of trying to do the fundraising necessary that you know this group is primarily organized around the idea of, of just programming the trail 
and keeping it well maintained for the two cities. So uh, it involves a lot of fundraising because you got to get the grass cut several times. And this past winter, we were able to plow the trail so that people could use it during the winter. And very, very few rail trails actually do that. So, you know, we're, we're looking for ways to be able to do that affordably. Sure. And, and of course, we've already gotten the support of a number of area businesses and banks. And we really appreciate that. As a group, we're really inspired by the fact that these efforts aren't going unappreciated. That people really are using the trail and they, not only that, I, I mentioned earlier on my way here, just for our little talk, um, I saw a couple by Urban Way who were just of their own volition, had a couple big trash bags and they were weeding all around the sit sitting area up there just to make it look nice. It's a public space and so there's public pride in, you know, in maintaining it. And I think that that speaks highly to the work that the committee did to put the trail in and to really open it up to the public. I think that it, it, it really is amazing. And I love the fact that folks are taking up the cause and cleaning it up. Yes, absolutely. And we have seen that on several occasions. Uh, a couple groups have organized their own cleanups. Um, and I've just seen people just on their own, just wandering up the trail, uh, picking up trash and carrying it away. So yeah, it's, it's great that they actually have adopted it. You know, you were talking earlier about the funding and how it's being maintained. Can you talk a little and update us a little on the endowment fund that's being worked on for the trail? Well, yeah, um, the endowment fund that we try to create, and, and technically I guess we can't call it an endowment fund until it's large enough sure. to produce revenue that will co cover the costs of running the trail every year, and that's a stretch still. But we're at least at the point where, thanks to a former Lemmerster resident who's on our steering committee, Benny Gennardo, his, his uncle, uh, Pix Test Armada, was, uh, he was an engineer at Stone & Webster, a lifelong Lemmerster resident, and a lover of, uh, before his time really, a lover of bicycle riding and recreational activity. And when he passed away, he left uh, an endowment to his nephew. And his nephew thought the best way to really give tribute to, to his, his deceased uncle was to um, give us a, a, a large donation to get the whole fun started so that we could maintain the trail. What a great gift. And it's really helped us get our start, cover some of the initial expenses and in getting the uh, trail maintained. And, um, and now we've had to go to, uh, you know, local uh, businesses and financial institutions and ask them as partners, you know, be part, being part of the community to try to help us keep it clean. We're going to step aside here on the trail for a quick moment. We come back, we'll continue our conversation here on the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Why should your business be a member of the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce? It's actually quite simple. The Chamber is dedicated to protecting and promoting the local business community. Our primary goals? To advance the region, help business owners network and grow, and to advocate on behalf of the business community. Joining the Chamber makes good business sense. We invite you to join the nationally recognized North Central Massachusetts Chamber today. Call 978-353-7600 or visit northcentralmass.com. Welcome back to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon, Kat Deal, and Larry Casasa as we continue our journey towards Fitchburg here on the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast on the Twin City Rail Trail. 
Now, Larry, uh, folks right now are hearing some increased traffic because we're at the intersection of Hamilton Street and uh, Route 12. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about the safety features uh, that were built into all these crosses that we do have because the trail does you know, intersect several intersections, especially once you get into the Fitchburg stretch. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it is. I mean, this isn't your uh, traditional uh, uh, rural uh, rail trail. This is an urban rail trail that's designed to really su support people who live right in the central cities who are trying to get around, you know, who are trying to get some exercise in. So it really does serve the purpose. But to do that, you ha obviously have to cross some major intersections and major roads. So they have installed all of the pedestrian cross buttons. And depending on how, how heavy the traffic is, sometimes what they'll do is use those new flasher buttons that you can use so that you cross on your own. Um, but that at least the lights are flashing so motorists know that you're that you're crossing the trail. Right. The one that we just passed, which is at Hamilton Street, is not in its final form because of the work that's being done in the Route 12 project, which is a separate but complementary project. So they're, when they're finished, they're going to realign the trail at that intersection and make it a little bit safer. And as we continue our walk, we're approaching the bridge over Route 2. And this was such a, I want to say public spectacle. Every time we would drive down Route 2, seeing the progress on this, I think was exciting for a lot of folks uh, to see it kind of starting to span over the roadway. Can you talk a little bit about this bridge oh, and yeah, also its yeah. namesake? The bridge was dedicated to, to our Congressman John Over. And Congressman Over was sort of ahead of, ahead of his time. And thinking ahead, he was able to get an earmark for the development of trails in his region, which included Fitchburg and Lemonster at the time, um, so that we would have some seed money to help with the negotiation to buy the land and to make it happen so that we could have a rail trail. And in recognition of that, the uh, Route 2 bridge was dedicated in his honor. And uh, you know, couldn't, I couldn't think of a more appropriate person to, to say thank you to. And when the bridge went up, we were especially appreciative that there are in large letters Twin Cities Rail Trail on both sides. And what that does, obviously, is it tells people who are driving to Boston or, or heading out west, hey, there's a rail trail here, you know, and you got to check this out. And I think that that's led to a lot of people discovering that it's here, you know. So it's worked out pretty well. Were there any challenges uh, with this, you know, spanning over the highway and, and, and working on this bridge. Um, yet yeah, there is one particular challenge associated with that, and that is snow removal in the in the winter. Um, what we quickly found out is you can't have it, even though it'll support the weight. You can't just take a plow truck and plow snow off the bridge without some of it falling off the side of the railing. It would not be a good outcome if snow landed on some poor motorist who happened to be driving by underneath. So. It's a little more expensive for us in that we have to have one of those smaller type tractors or bobcat type tractor to literally take the snow away without getting near the edges of the, of the uh, trail. But other than that, you know, it's worked out fine. It's just, it's just again, it, well, oh, that adds to our cost for maintaining the trail a little bit. So right now we've been walking for approximately 15 minutes from Doyle Field and here we are at Longview at the Corporate Center and Doubletree, which also is Mount Wachusett Community College, BJ's. So can we talk a little bit about the economic impact that the trail has had, you know, having access to something like this 
15 minute walk away. Yeah, I mean, I think the answer to that is, is more uh, common sense and anecdotal than it is anything related to an actual study because it, it really is common sense to understand that all of these businesses here, and we've talked to a number of them as well, the employees, the business owners, they want to get out for lunch. They want to be able to walk a little bit on a trail. It just enables them to do their thing. And it encourages people who are using the trail, who see all these businesses along the trail, to use those businesses. You know, uh, when, when you see it, you're aware it's there, something pops into your head, you go shop at that store. We're talking about the businesses along the trail, but I think even the businesses in Fitchburg and Leominster that are off the trail would see an economic boom from people who are coming here to use the rail trail and then wanting to stick around and find a restaurant or you know, a local shop while they're here as well. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. It's, impo again, impossible to measure, you know, unless you start interviewing everyone who, you know, is in every restaurant. Where'd you come from? But, but having said that, it's, again, it's just common sense. It's, it, it's part, of a, part of a process to make a community more livable and more desirable. And when that happens, you see more investment. Is the committee talking about connecting this trail to some of the other trails that are in the area and not too far away? Yeah, yeah. The largest or longest continuous trail uh, in Massachusetts, or for that matter, in the country really, is the Mass Central Rail Trail, which is in various stages of completion now across the state from east to west. And we're just a little bit north of where that trail crosses through. A segment of that trail is in Sterling, Mass. Um, and also in West Boylston, Mass. So it's a, it's a matter of connecting the dots. And slowly but surely, we see that little segment, the trail currently ends near Mechanicsture. It's going to in the, after Lemonster buys some additional land and extends the trail at the southern end. We're hoping that it'll extend even further out and be able to connect up to Sterling so that people who live in this area can actually connect to the Mass Central Rail Trail and go wherever they want to go. So whether or not people are looking to use the trail for recreation or to get to somewhere they need to be, how long is phase one of the trail? And once the additional portions are added in Fitchburg and Leominster, approximately how long will the trail be by then? I think the, the, it, it'll ultimately extend about a half a mile. And right now it's just a little over four miles. So it'll be about four and a half miles when complete. The future additions would make it longer still. And I know we spent some time talking about the upkeep of the trail and, and folks have been helping out with that. One of the big questions when the trail was first discussed was, you know, how is that going to be policed? How is that going to be, how are we going to ensure safety on the trail? Can you talk a little bit about the public safety aspect sure, and what went sure. into to making sure that folks are safe when they're on the rail trail? Absolutely. And, and that question came up a lot at the very beginning of the process because People saw that the trail, when it was left by the railroad company, essentially abandoned. They didn't maintain it, they didn't keep it clean, they didn't police it. So as a result of that, what ended up happening was that, um, you know, people, a lot of people would just loiter in that area. A few people would, would be loitering in that area. It created, created an unsafe feeling. Um, and there are a number of homeless people who camped out along the perimeters of where the uh, corridor is located. So people assumed, well, it's going to be dangerous or it's not going to be safe. But what we learned is that whenever rail trails have been built across the country, in areas that previously were considered unsafe, the very act of paving a trail 
and creating a wide open line of sight down the trail discourages people from hanging out or using the trail for purposes other than hiking or walking or jogging or you know rollerblading or whatever it is that they enjoy doing on the trail so so it, it's had the opposite effect but initially those fears were there and now that people are using the trail they realize oh i feel safe this is this is perfectly this is perfectly fine and and we've had the cooperation of both police departments and both cities to let us know if there's any issues and to to monitor any concerns that they see when they get feedback from us or from others you know speaking of the fact that we have a good safety i know that there's an army of volunteers as well that have worked on this project from the beginning so can you talk to me a little bit about how other folks can get involved how can people volunteer to help with the maintenance or upkeep of the trail we'd love people to get involved in any capacity they feel comfortable with um, and the easiest way is to just contact us through the Facebook page that we have, the Twin Cities Rail Trail uh, Facebook page. It'd be pretty easy to find, I think. We do have a, a website as well. There's a link on the Facebook page so you can find it. And that's a good way to just communicate. We have a great a moderator who is actually the fellow, Benny, whose uncle made the original donation. Yeah. He was a former editor for the Boston Globe. So he handles all that volume of mail and traffic. So if someone says, hey, I was at such and such part of the trail, I'd like to do a cleanup or what's going on with this, he gets back to them right away. So That's great. I'm uh, so glad that this is not only public space, but that it's something that the folks can get involved with. Yeah, 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 it's great. And and where we're standing, ironically, two, two things to point out. Yeah. That you'll notice the bench over here is sponsored by the Rotary, the two Rotaries actually, of Lemonster and the Montesquieu area Rotary. And we have a similar bench in Fitchburg that was sponsored by the Fitchburg Rotaries. Um, so that's kind of cool. You know, they, they give us a little extra um, to help cover some of our costs and we're commemorating that. And we're also trying to get businesses who might be interested. We have these beautiful street signs that are made of granite and stainless steel that identify the street locations. Right here, you see the Erdman Way sign. We are also doing sponsorships of the street signs. So we would acknowledge with a stainless steel plaque, and we already have several banks that have, have donated for that purpose, um, their contribution to the trail. So we're hoping that there's enough interest in doing that um, so that it, we can we can build the coffers again to keep keep uh, keep the trail maintained. And you mentioned the bench right here, and if folks come to the Erdman Way intersection, they're also going to see there's an area where folks can lock up their bikes. There's a trash can. It's like kind of like a little breakaway spot. Can you talk a little bit more about these spots that are kind of scattered throughout the trail and some of the amenities that the trail has as folks are making their way across it? Yes, there are several of these along the way. There are several of these areas that have benches, bike bike racks, and trash receptacles, and the city's take care of the trash receptacles for us. They're, they're really pretty, they're all landscaped very well. In fact, on my way here, we were talking about volunteers, on my way driving here, there was a couple here 15 minutes ago of their own volition with, with bags who started weeding around the trail. I guess there were a couple weeds growing up uh, along the plantings and they just of their own decided to do that. And we love it when people take an active hand in helping us uh, with, with this project, because it really is, it's a community thing. It's not about a, a group of a few individuals who say, we're going to take care of the trail. And we kicked off our journey from the Doyle Field area, and of course there's plenty of parking there, but I understand there are different areas where people can park along the trail. Can you speak a little bit about that if folks want to come out and 
They're yes. in the Pittsburgh yes. area or different parts of Leominster? Yes, yes. Um, well, we met at Doyle Field, which is arguably the uh, um, largest area where there's parking directly adjacent to the trail. So for a lot of Leominster people, Doyle Field is a logical place to start. But at the very beginning of the trail now, which is by the Sookies, where Route 13 and Route 12 are intersecting, that's currently the, the end point of the trail until Lemonster is able to expand it a little bit further toward Mechanic Street, which we were hoping would be part of phase two of the project, but may actually be a phase three, a separate phase. In the Fitchburg area, um, the intersection by Benson Street added a couple of pull-in spaces on either side of the trail. So four, three or four people can, can uh, park there and then at the when the phase two part of the project is done, they'll literally be able to park in the garage or in the parking for the train station and just get right on the trail from there, which is really what Fitchburg wanted because they also see this when we talk about economic development, they also see that it's critical to have the trail take people right to downtown right. so that they see a, a vibrant and growing downtown area. There's the new apartments that just opened up directly adjacent to the uh, train station. Yep. Those people, the people who, who uh, are affiliated with Fitchburg State University, it's just basically up the street from there. Um, so Fitchburg felt it was critical that we make that connection. And fortunately, the state felt, well, it's an important transportation connection for commuters. So yeah, we'll do this thing, even though that bridge is gonna be expensive, yeah. we'll do this thing because in the long run, it both the city and the people who live in this area are going to benefit from it yeah the trail is definitely something that's benefiting everyone we've been passed by several folks using it this morning as hot as it is out here they're out here using it and i think it's a great addition and it's an amazing connector between the two cities to economic development to just the lifestyle that north central has to offer this is an amazing addition it's amazing work that the committee has done and we're all very appreciative of it well i appreciate you guys getting the word out for us you know and letting people know about it. And for those who've been joining us on our walk, we're starting to get a little winded, so I think so, we are going to wrap things up here on the Inside <laughs> North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon, Cat Deal, Larry Casasa joining us here on the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Come check out the Twin City Rail Trail, whether you're walking, biking. This is a great place to get some exercise or get where you need to go, and we'll be back with another new episode next week. You've been listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts. This podcast is produced by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. For more information on this episode, links to other episodes, or if you have any questions, please visit northcentralmass.com.